uh, if, if you don't know who I am, I'm not one of the pastors here. But uh, I have the privilege of uh, leading Sunday school this morning. Uh, we've been, we took a break uh, last week, but the week before Paul, uh, Pastor Paul started a series on prayer. Uh, it's just a four-part series, uh, topical on uh, the nature of prayer. Uh, this week will be on the effectiveness of prayer. And uh, then we had, uh, ne- the coming weeks will be on necessity and growing in prayer. Uh, but let's get started with, with, uh, with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, it's amazing that even though you are the creator of all things, you have given us a means by which everyone who calls on your name can call you Father. You are worthy of our praise, for you created everything. Lord, I confess that I am unworthy to even offer you praise with the covering of, uh, without the covering of your son's work. Lord, thank you for your love, for your faithfulness. And Lord, as I ask that you would go before me and in my words, uh, now as we look at this topic of the effectiveness of prayer and what is accomplished by, by this tool you've given us, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So the effectiveness of prayer, uh, I guess you could also say is what does it accomplish or what is accomplished by prayer? Um, so when we think about what comes to mind when you think of prayers that accomplish something, when, when you see God working through the prayers of the saints, just kind of open to the floor, what, what do you think when you think of prayers accomplishing something? Healing? Determining, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Relationship. Good. When I first started thinking about this topic, I think I immediately started thinking about kind of answered prayers in the Old and New Testament, our heroes of the faith, uh, and prayers of deliverance, of healing, understanding, uh, even just like Hannah's prayer for children, prayer for spouse. Um, and it's easy to start thinking about prayer and its effectiveness in the manner of what can I get, or I need to get better at praying so I can get the good stuff. Um, and we lose sight of what our prayers are actually accomplishing, and instead we're focusing on the peripheral benefits. Um, so in a sense, we confuse the effectiveness of prayer with our expectations of prayer. So really, as Pastor Paul touched on last time, God is more interested in the heart change of believers, and the effectiveness of prayer is a deeper relationship with God a heart change toward the will of God. If prayer is the way we communicate directly with uh, our Heavenly Father, and you can draw parallels between uh, just conversations we have as you know, young children with our own parents. It's centered usually around our wants, our needs, you know, what can I get? And as, as we grow and mature, it becomes more of, that, of a two-way street. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's mutually beneficial, it's give, take, and the, the bond between a parent and child will only grow uh, closer um, as you know they continually continually work at it. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians one, and we'll start in verse fifteen. So Ephesians one, uh, verse fifteen through twenty-three. So for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So taking just this passage, uh, what are some of the specific effects uh, that Paul is praying for? Uh, that he, he's looking at, you know, praying for the saints. What are, 
just kind of the, the results of that prayer that he's, he's expecting. Wisdom. Yeah, the spirit of wisdom. Right, so we've got wisdom and knowledge of God. Hearts aligned to his will. Got that glorious inheritance. And then the greatness of his power. So really when we look at this, is we're looking at our own, uh, what we're receiving in a sense is, is that knowledge and wisdom of him, which is that, that deeper, deeper relationship. Our hearts are being enlightened, they're being changed. Uh, let's also take a look over at Colossians 1. Let me flip over to uh, Colossians 1, verse, starting in verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So again, when we look here, uh, we can see what else do we see in this passage that Paul is praying for the saints in Colossus. Right, so we see, yeah, it's the knowledge of his will. And not only that we have knowledge, but that we also bear the fruit of that knowledge, right? Um, and that, that we're not just filled with it, but we're, it's increasing in knowledge. And that we'll strengthen with, uh, yeah, strengthen with all power for all endurance, with patience and joy. There's so much we could unpack in, in just those two passages. I mean, uh, and we're just looking at one, one aspect of, uh, of prayer on, on these. But uh, there's, there's two big categories specifically um, that I'd like to kind of focus on on what prayer accomplishes. One uh, is what the work does on our own hearts, uh, kind of individually and, and as a church. Um, and then uh, God's redemptive plan. Um, and, and by that, I mean the creation, fall, redemption, restoration, uh, throughout uh, uh, history. So, what makes prayer effective? Or you could say, who makes prayer effective? So if we, uh, let's, uh, I don't know, if, uh, we don't have to turn there, just Romans 8, uh, 34, it says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Uh, again, in Romans, uh, Romans 8, a little bit earlier, we see, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes uh, for us with groanings too deep for words. So we see the Holy Spirit in us and Christ between us and, and, and God. And then we also have our faith, where it says in Acts 3, and, and, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So Christ, between us and God, Holy Spirit in us, working, understanding the will of God, and then the faith that Jesus gave us. Um, side note, too, here is you know, we, when we end, end our prayers, we often, uh, or we generally say, in Jesus' name. And, um, you know, this isn't some, some magical phrase we use to get what we want or um, that it's just that's what we do. But, we need, but it's, it's rather we pray in Jesus' name um, just as a reminder for ourselves uh, by whose righteousness we can approach the Father. Um, it reminded me when I was thinking about this, was, uh, it's the sons of uh, Siva and Acts. Uh, it's just why, <laughs> you know, we... Uh, you know, they prayed in Jesus' name, but they were still beaten, and the demon overpowered them, right? And it's, you know, Jesus I know, Paul I know, I don't know who you are. And so just because we use Jesus' name doesn't mean that's just, that's, a, uh, that's what's going to be our, our uh, 
uh, clincher. So when we look at uh, what uh, effect does prayer have on us individually? Uh, so we've, we've already said it deepens relationship with God. It reveals who we are before a holy God. Um, and it reveals who God is. Um, I, I wanted to take a minute. I kind of summarize a story that I, it's, I've heard when I was a little kid. I actually just read it to our girls um, this, this last week in our, in our family devotions. But it's one of my, my favorite stories on the simplicity and power of prayer in, in the will of God. And uh, it also happens in Scotland, which happens, I mean, I play the bagpipes and things, so kind of, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> brings, brings it home to me a little bit. But the, uh, this was a, a minister. He, was, he oversaw a pretty large section in the highlands of Scotland, and he was on his way to Edinburgh uh, to uh, meet with the Presbytery there with the, uh, um, with the, in the Presbyterian Church. So the minister's name was MacPhail, and as he's, he was passing through at a country inn. So the country inns are oftentimes just a family-held business with one or two extra rooms. So the family was heavily involved. So um, as was his, so uh, yeah, as we start, so as was his custom, he gathered the family together to set it to a set of devotions, as he normally would do when spending the night, and asked if all members of the household were present. He was told that they all were, but for some reason he felt the need to, to ask again, is everyone present? And the man of the house said, yes, but there is a scullery maid who's so dirty that we don't see her as fit for our company. So the minister insisted that she attend, and at the end of the devotions, he spent some time talking with her and finding out the state of her soul. He found her in a state of the most deplorable ignorance. Who made you? Asked the minister, putting the usual question to the child. I don't know. Do you know that you have a soul? No, I've never heard of that. What is a soul? Do you ever pray? I do not know what you mean. So he tells the girl that he's on his way to the city, and if she would promise to pray a short prayer of four words, that he would bring her a small gift. So she said that she would, so he gave her the prayer. Lord, show me myself. When he returned two weeks later, he again gathered everyone for devotions, but the maid wasn't there again. Uh, and upon inquiring, he found that she had been quite useless since he had left. She'd been crying night and day, and now she was so weak and exhausted she couldn't even get out of bed. So he went to her little cubby hole under the stairs and said, I hope you've done what I've asked you because I brought you the gift. She didn't want the gift. And she said, I prayed that prayer you taught me, and God answered it in an awful way. He has shown me myself, and oh, what a sight that is. Minister, what shall I do? So after some discussion and sharing the gospel again with her, he wanted her to pray one more prayer. But this time it was, Lord, show me thyself. So, sorry, I don't know why this, this one gets me. So he left early the next morning, and he had no idea what, what happened with those. But it was 20 or 30 years later that their paths crossed again. And she was respectively married with several kids, and it took it upon herself to seek him out. And he was in a long distance away from her at that time. Um, but she wanted to tell him that she was respectively married, several kids, took it, and uh, that... Those two short prayers had radically changed her life into one of faithful Christian service to the Lord. So we think about those, the effect of those two prayers, right? Lord, show me myself. Lord, show me thyself. They brought salvation to this maid. And we have no idea how many people she impacted. I mean, or her kids for sure. But can you imagine the encouragement that that brought on the minister 30, 20, 30 years later? of just those simple prayers and his faithfulness in praying. And even to us now, hundreds of years later. Um, so prayers don't have to be long-winded and fancy to have an effect on our heart. I mean, you think of the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee, you know, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the, the Pharisee you know, giving all his, his fancy words, but uh, you know, Luke records it and says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. 
And again, we think of in Mark with the father praying for his son uh, that was demon-possessed. You know, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So when we saw, saw, see the effect of these prayers, then there's nothing fancy, but it's that heart attitude um, that we see uh, that changes um, or that, that deepens our relationship. I mean, we look corporately, you know, as a, as a church, you know, God says where two or three are gathered, you know, I'm, there I am. Um, and, and the unity that that brings between um, the believers. Uh, if we turn over to, to James 5, I, I've, got, I've got lots of verses I, I wanted to share on this topic. It's, sometimes it's the fun part of topping, or talking uh, topically, and that's maybe a little bit of a curse too, but <laughs> got to keep you guys busy. So James 5, uh, verses 13 through 18. So this is, this is uh, an direction to the church, and if you're looking at the, uh, the context, and he, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. In the, uh, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So what do we see prayer accomplishing here in the church? Uh, just, I mean, in this context here of James 5. So, I mean, sharing the joy. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing, let him sing praise. What else are we seeing uh, there? So, yeah, feel free to just shout it out. Say again. Healing. Right. Right, that, yeah, the fellowship, uh, right, fellowship even in, in suffering, let him pray. Have the elders come. Is, is anyone cheerful? It's just, it's, there's this everything, everyone coming together for this, right? To be forgiven from sins, confessing them to one another. And um, again, I... Uh, Paul, Paul speaks in Philippians uh, 4. It's a, in a section he's given to the church kind of right after uh, Yodia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and Syntyche. Uh, when he talk, just talking about the unity in the body, he says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So prayer is definitely a powerful tool as a church for, for healing, forgiveness of sins for, um, just in confessing so as we move now over to what hinders our prayers uh, I wanted to pull up just a few verses um, and maybe I'll call on, call on a, a few of you uh, so Kevin you, would you uh, like to read uh, Psalm 66 18 um, Darcy would you uh, read Proverbs 28 9 and, uh, and Gloria, would you would you uh, pull up James four three? Go ahead. So what is the common thread with all of these things? Is it God, God doesn't listen to us because we're sinners? Right, it's, again, he's turning to the heart. It's, it's the, the attitude of the heart. Is, is he knowingly committing a sin and then praying without any kind of confession? Is he uh, purposely doing evil 
knowing, you know, doing what he knows to be wrong and then expecting God to listen to him? Is he selfishly asking you know, out of his own passions? Um, I mean, there's numbers of, of uh, verses that talk about the, you know, our prayers be, excuse me, being hindered. Uh, can, can we think of any others? Uh-huh. What's that one say? Right. To live in an understanding way so that your prayers may not be hindered. Any other ones? I was thinking of uh, 1 Peter 3. He's quoting Psalms 34 as well. It's a little bit uh, after that uh, one on, uh, on husbands. But he says, for the, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And some, some translations say set against those who do evil. Um, so how we come is not only, or is just as, just as important as, as why. Right, going back to the Pharisee tax collector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, oh, very good. So let's let's shift gears just a little bit to that kind of that second big idea, uh, prayer in light of God's redemptive plan. So again, when when I say you know God's redemptive plan, I'm talking about kind of the, the whole plan of creation, fall, redemption restoration. Um, and so in, in 1 John uh, 5, we see, uh, 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the, requ the requests that we have asked of him. Uh, and and uh, one more time, yeah, hitting back, back again at Romans 8, uh, 26, uh, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So, uh, Tessa, as you were mentioning right at the very beginning, it's to know the will of God. Um, the, uh, um, so when we, when we think of our own prayers and how they line up with God's will, we know that there are typically three answers to prayer. Right? Yes, no, not yet. Um, and if we go back to the analogy of the child in relationship with the parent, and the parent, parents typically give those same answers too, right? Why? We know better. So this thing, yeah, just even think on uh, even yes answers. Why, why do we say yes? It's good for them. It fits in our plan. Yeah, it's, they we're conforming. They, when, they, when they do something we want them to do, we really like that. Yes, of course you can. What about no? What, when we say no, what are we what are we trying to say? Mm -hmm. Right, and yeah, saying no, yeah, it doesn't line up with what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So, what about the not yet? Builds character. Patience, yeah. 
right? It's not God's timing. It might not be ready for the you know, child, maybe wanting something he's not ready for yet. So let's, let's take a look. It's really easy to think on the yes answers in, in the Bible and, you know, our heroes and all these, you know, these wonderful prayers and we see, we see them happening. Let's take a quick look at the no answers. Um, and I've got a few listed there, but um, I'm not going to just read those big passages. But it, uh, everybody knows Abraham's prayer for Sodom's deliverance, right? So we have Abraham, the man of, man of uh, faith, and he's praying for Sodom's deliverance, you know, is there, are there 50 people there? Would you say that there's 50 people? Yes. What about 40? 30, 20, gets down to 10. You know, there's not 10 people there. The cities are destroyed. And, you know, Abraham definitely got a, a no, but there is also, you know, the silver lining of his relative still um, escaping. But why would, why would you think that, you know, he's asking, in a sense, a good thing. You know, I don't want these people to be destroyed. Isn't there something that, that, can, good, that can come out of this? So when we look at Sodom throughout the entire Bible, what are we, what are we seeing uh, in God's redemptive plan? Justice. Right, so when we, when we look at the rest, uh, or in, in the rest of the Bible, when they talk about Sodom, it's always as a warning. Um, and it's a warning uh, to, it's a warning and, and, uh, um, and an encouragement. Second uh, uh, Peter uh, 2 uh, describes that. Uh, it says, you know, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. So we've got is it the, that long-suffering of Lot. We know that at some point there will be justice, right? What about Moses being refused entrance to the promised land? He's, I mean, he's praying for the Lord. He spent 40 years with a stiff-necked people. And at the end of all of that, he was still told no. So we know that in the book of Numbers, it explains why. It's because of, you know, uh, there's a consequence of his sin. And he got to, he got to see it, but uh, he was not allowed to enter it. And he was, you know, Moses was called a friend of God. Um, but even then, that wasn't. It didn't. It didn't follow. It fit in in the in uh, God's will. Um, actually, I think the, probably the biggest one in the uh, that was st struck me out of. I mean, the entire the biggest no in the Bible. Uh, was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? I mean, we 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 went over that in detail last week at, with with Easter. But can you imagine? Well, we can't imagine because it was. I mean, it wasn't the will of God, but. We wouldn't be here if God had answered that prayer any other way. Uh, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? You know, he's, is he asked three times for that to, to uh, be removed from him. And, you know, God's response, I think we probably all quote, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, why do you think or that, that that wasn't lifted. Right? So, so yeah, there's an effect on Paul. There's, for his own humbleness, his own growth, his own uh, attitude toward, toward the Lord. Uh, encouragement. Yes, encouragement to others, to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like when, when Jesus said that we'll, we'll, we'll be sharing in the suffering, it's like there's an example right there. Paul suffered. He endured. Um, and, and we shouldn't be surprised when we, fought, when we get the same 
have the, you know, the same, same type of thing happen in our lives. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, a yes answer is is not necessarily the end of prayer. Uh, it's not. Um, it it might feel like a momentary win, but it's uh, you know yes may not you may be giving something that's you think that maybe may actually lead you into some more more uh, 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 trials. But um, so yeah, thinking of the yes answers, why don't we switch over to to some of those. Uh, and uh, I think the first one that came to mind is like, so when we've got Abraham uh, praying, uh, you know, for a son, and, you know, and he gets his son in his old age, but then, and God's given him this, this, this promise that, you know, his, of, of his descendants, and he's getting close to, to death, and he, he still doesn't even see a, a husband, or I mean, a, a wife for his, for his son, right? And so he sends his servant out. Uh, to to uh, uh, Haran, and uh, th- you know the servant was very specific in his prayer. He's like, you know, how am I how am I supposed to find out who's who's going to be for my master's son? And he kind of, he kind of lays out and kind of his fleece on the ground like like Gideon, and lays all these qualifications out, and then we see Rebecca show up, um, and so it's um, it's it's seeing uh, you know. God's fulfilling. It's like how many times it's like your your what does he say? The uh, your descendants will be uh, as numerous as the sands. But at this point, we're two generations in, and there's still only one or two or three kids, right? Um, and so it's kind of it's again it's almost one of those not yet. It's here's here's one. Or we think about Daniel uh, answering uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He got a yes answer for the for what the dream said, but it wasn't exactly good news for the king, was it? Um, I think one of my favorite, I'm switching, I mean, even just answers to a corporate prayer being answered, uh, so prayers of the church, uh, we, we see uh, Peter being rescued in Acts, and it's like they're still, they're still there actually praying for him when he comes knocking on the door. So, yeah, the yes answers are really, really easy to find, um, and they're sometimes a lot easier to dwell on than the, than the no's. What about the not yet answers? So, so we have, you know, when a child responds when they don't get the answer they want, right? What do they do? Well, dad said no, I'm going to go ask mom. <laughs> mom said no, I'm going to go ask dad. Or I'm just going to keep asking until I get what I want, right? Kind of looking outside of that structure of authority for their answers. Um, I, I put uh, Luke 18 down here on the, the persistent widow. Are we, are we're all familiar with that story of going bef- between before the judge. You know, he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. That she, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord says, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. 
Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So, we, we have kind of this concept of not yet. Um, and, and when we look at this, it's like, well, this is a good thing she's asking. She's seeking justice. She wants, uh, you know, there's somebody that's been, that's done wrong to her. And she, and so is, what's she asking wrong? No. Um, but why does she have to continually go and continually go? Like we've talked, mentioned before, for, for patience, for long-suffering, it's not time for uh, that answer to be given. Mm -hmm. Right, so we, we know that justice will come. But it may not, yeah, it may not be in our time. But then we, right. Yeah, we aren't in control, exactly. What else comes to mind? Right, yeah, and as as he said here in Luke eighteen, you know, it's, and the Lord's uh, even the unrighteous judge did that, and will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? So if if an earthly judge can do this, can't the God God of the universe and your Father also do that? I think one of the last things I wanted to look at too was that uh, the healing of the blind man in John 9. So the, the blind man at that point wasn't necessarily seeking out uh, to be saved or to, to have sight. We've, we have lots of um, examples in the New Testament of blind men seeing, uh, of healings, people just touching his garment and being healed uh, with a word being healed. But in this story, Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? And say, so why is this, you know, this man blind? But and so Jesus has him; he spits in the ground, makes mud out of that, rubs it on the on his eyes, and says, "Go wash in the pool of Siloam." Why didn't he just heal him like he's healed all the other ones? Faith and with obedience. So what's what's the bigger deal here? Is it forgiving sins or healing the blindness? So we we see at the end of this story, at the at John chapter nine or uh, yeah verse thirty nine. So he spends an entire chapter on on just this one story of healing. I mean, it goes goes back to the town, goes to the Pharisees, go back to the parents, go back to the man, go back and just you know just this back and forth. But at the end of all of that, he says, and Jesus said, "For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see." may see, and those who see may become blind. So we see that the bigger picture here is, uh, is obviously a salvation issue. It's not about healing the blind man. Now that was definitely a benefit for him at the time and, and, and giving him physical sight um, through that process he was given spiritual uh, eyes open as, as well. But uh, How do these yes, no, and not yet answers, how do they deepen your own faith? Do you, is, is there something that comes to mind as we talked about these different prayers, um, or even answering your own prayer, that this would just have an example that you could share with, with, with us?
how would you say that that uh, uh, may have affected the people you're around with their own walk? So when you share your story and the things you're growing, how, how has that affected whether it's people in the small group or other people here in the church? Was everybody here when they heard Brett and Stephanie's testimony with uh, on the, uh, the adoption of their foster care? And they attributed a lot of the start of that to the testimony that the Lumbergs had with their own uh, uh, process there in, in with foster care. And I think for that, for as a body, I mean, I think we've kind of everybody coming around and helping that. We're seeing that we're seeing that unity that we talked about before. Um, but how uh, how was even just their own testimony uh, encouraging uh, in, to you? We prefer the yes and the no answers. The not yet ones are the ones that really drive us nuts. Right, yeah, stepping outside of, in a sense, of that authority and you know, making ourself king. Good. Yeah, yeah, I think I think of the no's in the Old Testament and seeing the whys by the New Testament are far more encouraging than just seeing the, the individual yeses, yes, yes here. Um, yeah, I think uh, kind of a, kind of the last part I wanted to bring up was how can we apply the Apostle Paul's appeal to remove his thorn in the flesh? You know, when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, um, how are we uh, just applying that in our own lives here?
remember reading the list of things that Paul dealt with, with the shipwrecks and the uh, imprisonments and the beatings and the stonings and the, uh, and it's like, you know, just reading through each one of those and it's like, seem, it seems a little bit more, uh, more pain than I really want to have in this life. But then when we get to the end and we see the way he's encouraged all those churches, all those uh, the people, and, and we, you know, we hold them up as a pillar of faith these days. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, when I I, uh, I wanted to I wanted my my mom reminds me of this. I don't know how many of you prayer journal. Uh, when you you know write the prayers that you've had and over the years you go back and look and see how those were answered. Um, mom reminded me recently of uh, one that I had had, and I was just out of high school and I really wanted a truck. I wanted my first vehicle. And mom's like, oh, have you prayed for it? And I'm like, well, no, I mean, it's just a truck. I'm, why would I, why would I, it's like, this kind of, it seems kind of silly. And she goes, well, pray for it. And I said, well, okay, well, let's pray. And she goes, well, what, what, what kind of truck do you want? So I'd love to have like a Chevy S10, I don't know, two-wheel drive, extended cab. I mean, you know, if you're asking lists, I mean, and, and she goes, well, what color would you like? Uh, I don't know, white. Okay, well, let's pray about it. So we sat down, we prayed for it. And I'm thinking this whole time, I'm like, this is, I got to be spending the time in the mini nickel. This was before the internet, uh, high speed anyways. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, next day, I'm, I'm at home. Dad pulls into the driveway in a white Chevy S10 extended cab, two-wheel drive. Uh, and Oh, and she'd also ask, well, what's your budget? And I'm like, $2,500. And uh, there's a sticker in the back window that said for sale, $2,500. And mom says, see, I told you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I, it's like I, I prayed for it, but I didn't actually have the faith that it was going to be, del you know, delivered. And so it's like despite my unbelief, God still gave me everything I wanted and more. I mean, the mileage was half of what, any, of what it would be expected to that. So it's just like talk about the boost. What's that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, th th she has this list. It's a whole page of lists that she wrote down in the journal. I didn't even remember half of them. And she says, do you remember what, praying for this? So, yes, God does definitely, you know, answer those, those type of prayers too. But that when I, I think about this, the specificity of, of, you know, prayers, like pray for a track. Well, all, all those things. So, well, I get, we're, we're close to the end of our time. Um, any, anybody have any parting thoughts before we... Uh, Right, and we think of the light of God's redemptive plan, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Um, and, yeah, encouraging all of us to be praying for Christ's return. So, yeah, let's pray.
Lord, thank you for this time that we can just study the tool that you've given us to have relationship with you, to talk, to communicate, uh, to receive uh, answers. Lord, I pray that as we, as we go forward that uh, we would be seeking change in our own hearts, seeking deeper relationship with you through our prayer. And Lord, that we would uh, be excited as we come together corporately uh, to lift up our, the needs of one another, to uh, seek you as one voice and one body. And Lord, we pray for, for today's service as, uh, uh, that we would uh, have uh, just listening hearts. Lord, if there is unconfessed sin uh, that we are aware of, Lord, let us confess that so that our prayers may not be hindered. So Lord, I, I pray that you would be, be with us the rest of, of this day. And I uh, pray that uh, there would be people here that uh, would come to know you um, in, our, in our service. In Jesus' name, amen.